0: Welcome to the Modern Figures podcast hosted by Dr. Jeremy Wason. I'm Dr. Kyla McMullen. And co-hosted by regular contributor Dr. Jeffrey Ann Wilder. Hey, hey. Hey.
1: The Modern Figures podcast exists to elevate the voices of Black women in computing and inspire the next generation of Black female coders.
0: The reason we're here is to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, And to dispel some of the myths and preconceptions about black women in computing...
2: So why is this all important? I mean, I know you must be wondering, why are we doing a podcast about black women and computing? This is so important because our stories are really, really important. A lot of times when, you know, you think about people's experiences in certain disciplines, you think, well, no one's been there before. But clearly, because of the movie Hidden Figures, we know that black women have been doing the damn thing in computing for a really, really long time. And that's what this podcast is all about. Yeah, that's,
1: that's right. Great.
0: So... Uh, This podcast is actually sponsored by two organizations, and it's a collaboration between the two, NCWIT and IMCS, and we're going to talk about what those two organizations are and how this kind of came to be.
2: So my role at NCWIT, which stands for the National Center for Women in Information Technology, I'm a research scientist at NCWIT. And NCWIT was founded back in 2004. The goal of NCWIT as a national nonprofit organization is to really um, broaden the participation of women and girls in computing. Um, And really, it's about convening, uniting, and inspiring people um, to be encouraged and excited about going into computing, really um, broadening the pipeline, if you will, about tech. And we at NCWit realize it's important to make sure that there are different voices at the table. And that's why this podcast exists, uh, why we are a collaborative partner in this work in this work, because it's really important to make sure that we know that little girls, even as young as preschool all the way through college, um, can see themselves. Um, in who they want to be when they grow up.
0: Yeah, and that's really great because we have this relationship with your organization that's been longstanding. It's existed since both organizations have been around. So I'm the project manager for the Institute for African American Mentoring and Computing Sciences. Uh, we call ourselves IAMCS, which is a lot easier to say, as you can imagine. <laughs> um, and We serve as a national resource for African American and black students and computing professionals in both academia and industry. Both of our organizations kind of got their start from the National Science Foundation, which provided funding for some Alliance programs where there are multiple institutions that came together to basically support the populations that we represent. And so NCWIT works with women, we work with black or African-American people, and our goal is really to elevate these voices that are unheard otherwise within the computing community. So with that being said, um, some things arose at a recent conference that kind of led us to this place, and I'm really excited. Kyla, you want to talk about how that kind of came to be? Well... um We were chatting with the leadership
1: at NCWIT, and we just had a very honest and frank conversation about how we could engage more black women in the discussion and have them at the table when it comes to women in IT and women in computing, because a lot of times, black women, we have we have intersecting identities. We have two marginalized identities. The first is one being a woman, but then we also have the additional factor of being black. And sometimes that isn't always addressed. So the purpose of this is to be a sounding board, to share our experiences and tell our stories. Because as Jeffrey Ann said, that we are important. These stories are important. So people don't feel like they're the only ones who are going through these things.
2: And I think a lot of times, even sort of, Taking the lens and scoping out <clears throat> beyond the world of computing, if you think about um, what's happened over the past year with the Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and even before that with um, the 2016 election um, and the near miss election of the first you know, female president, I think um, women's issues are really at the forefront and center. And part of the concern within that space is that um, women's issues, the recognition that all women's issues are not the same, right? We're yeah. all women, mm-hmm. but we're very, very different. So I mean, even thinking about how women of color have very distinctive issues, our our issues as black women are very, very different, right, compared to the, the issues that white women have. And I think that's one of the great things about working for NCWIT is their recognition that not all women and girls are the same, you know, we've been around for almost fifteen years, and we are currently have and working with over eleven hundred organizations, mm-hmm. um, and really thinking about how we can inspire girls differently, and that happens and looks different in different ways. And so it's just again really exciting that we're entering in this collaborative partnership together, so we can inspire a different sector of girls and women um, in a different way.
0: Yeah, we're yeah. we're extremely excited at IMCS to to have this relationship with your organization hoping that it lasts uh, much longer than my tenure in this current role. Uh, And speaking of my tenure in this current role, getting to my position was a challenge. And I know all of us have a story about how we kind of made it out of (laughs) our graduate programs and how we've persisted through. And these are some of the things that we want to highlight on this podcast is really not just, you know, what we do, in our current roles in computing, uh, but really, the story behind all of that because it's really important and it informs most of what we do, and in particular for Black women or women in general. We don't leave those things at home, right? Like the experiences that we have kind of inform how we interact day to day with our colleagues, our students, and in our in our general like personal lives.
1: That's right.
0: So, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about who we are. So, Kyla, your faculty. At the University of Florida. That's right. This is my fifth year. (laughs) That's crazy. I know. Isn't that crazy?
1: Like, it just sounds crazy coming out of my mouth fifth year. Because, number one, I didn't even want to be a faculty member (laughs) when I was in school. I told my advisor, you know, I, you know, I want to go back home. I'm from Washington, D.C. I was like, I want to go back home and work at some three letter organization and just, you know, use my computer science skills to contribute to some matter of national security. But, um, The opportunity opened up. I have an awesome mentor and boss now. So, yeah. But looking back on it, I wouldn't change anything about the process. But, um, yeah, for me, I mentioned that I grew up in Washington, D.C. I I grew up in Northeast. I went to a science and tech high school. And, like, even in high school, like, I had no idea I was going to be a computer scientist. I thought that I didn't
0: actually know what I wanted to do. But growing up. Did you, uh, (laughs) were you, like, the only black person who was, In your high school, in that program? See, I actually wasn't because my high school was pretty diverse. But we had a computer science
1: program. Oh. And the computer science, like, it was a science and tech high school, so, like, we had different tracks, like a biology track, engineering track, computer science track, but all the people I saw on the computer science track were white boys, and I was like, dang, <laughs> I need to figure out how to be a white boy. What? so I can." like, I, that thought literally crossed my mind. I had put together a whole outfit in my head. I so saw I'm going to have a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt. Wait a minute. I'm going to have some jeans. I'm going to slick my hair back, because, like, I was like, how am I going to fit in with these people who I don't look like, who you know I knew them I was friends with a lot of them but like when it came to like they already knew how to program their calculators like we'd be in you know math class and they have they program pac-man and snake and stuff you know in basic and I'm like just show what is this show me what this is teach me your ways
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy I went to engineering science and technology magnet high school as well and you know, drove forty five minutes across Orlando oh, wow. every day to go to that high school. Um, because I wanted I knew when I was in seventh grade that I wanted to be an engineer. Which is crazy, right? Like who who says that? Like <laughs> I'm gonna be an engineer. Like you're eleven, stop. At that point I thought engineers like conducted trains. Like I think mm. that's how what most people feel. Yeah. Um, but I I remember being one of six black females oh, in wow. that program and what that felt like and you know, we all had different interests. We didn't have tracks like you uh, in your prog- in your high school. But I just I remember because you would be the only right in your in your classes and what that felt like and how isolating it was. And, you know, it was it was cool to be a part of something that like actually exposed me to engineering so young. But I didn't realize that that was going to be my entire existence moving forward Right. Right? And I feel like that's not something that we talk about is that like level of isolation moving forward. I was comfortable with it because I grew up in a predominantly white community. So, you know, I, I, most of my friends were white, but at this high school, it was like half underrepresented students, half white students and the white students were generally more affluent. Uh, and so I spent most of my day with the affluent predominantly white students and then I would go to lunch you know and have to be in a space surrounded by students who were from like a a more disadvantaged background and that feeling was just awkward like how do I fit in like I don't fit in either group right like I'm not a Caucasian female and I'm also just I wasn't hood enough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm still not hood enough <laughs> Oh but you are <laughs> <laughs> I'm just brown right so I can go in the space and be in the space but as soon as I open my mouth people are like what Like wait a minute I mean and also my name is Jeremy so there's a whole there's a lot there um, but talk about intersecting identities right yeah. and what that feels like as a child having that kind of uh, relationship so I know Jeffrey and a lot of your research kind of ties into the sociology of those things and just wanted to bring you into this conversation. So It,
2: it does because I mean, I, I'm listening to your stories from high school and it's all resonating with me. So I'm from Cleveland. So if I could shout out the 216-440 area. <laughs> okay. um, I was there before LeBron was. Um, I went to <laughs> um, an all girls prep school. Um, and although my doctorate is not in STEM or computing um, as even as a high school student, uh, being in an all-girls environment, really sort of, um, I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that whatever it is I wanted to do, there were no limitations on it because I was a girl. Hmm. You know, you that was pretty much ingrained. And, of course, having the mother that I have, that was sort of how I was socialized anyway. Um, by the time I got to high school and in this environment, um, being at Hathaway Brown School for Girls, which is the oldest college prep school in, in the state of Ohio, um I knew that I could do whatever I wanted to do. So by the time I got through college and um, decided to do my doctoral work here at the University of Florida, um, even though my area of study is sociology and women's studies, I was still an only. Um, Mm -hmm. I was still one of the only ones. Um, Even in programs like that and studying the things that I do, which is black women, um, I was somewhat disappointed and, and a little bit uh, jaded at the fact that there weren't more people looking like me um, at the lectern as mentors. Mm. Um, I, you know, made sure I could do everything in my power to to ensure that my dissertation committee was full of women and women of color. Um, and it was. Um, so my experience, even though it's not one within the STEM world or, or, or computing is still very, very similar. And I think that... Um, As a black woman in these academic spaces. So let's talk about the percentage of of people in general who have doctoral degrees. Mm -hmm. It's really, really small, something like less than 1%. And when you talk about black women, I mean, literally, we're all unicorns around this table, right? right. um, You know, very few of us have made it to that level. Um, And so when you get to that level, you're gonna be an only, regardless of your disciplinary focus, because there aren't a whole lot of us like that. And, you know, uh, you know, Kylie, you talked about trying to figure out how you're going to be like the white boys. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, uh-uh. Turn into. Like, <laughs> turn into. Right? going to be a metamorphosis
1: because yeah. that's the only way they wouldn't recognize You were recognize watching me. too much anime. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, if we could be, you know, real for a second. I mean, that's kind of like that inner voice that you mm-hmm. get. Even if mm. you have such a strong sense of self, you think about what do I have to do to be like them in order to survive and to succeed and to to do well which is unfortunate because Because that's that's a message you lose yourself because like for
1: me I love Stay by the Bell like I loved (laughs) that show growing up and like but all the nerds on that show what did they look like like they looked exactly the same and Mm. I didn't see myself in that role like I literally went to high school looking for the max like all right, where are we gonna Mm. hang out after class and solve all our problems Mm -hmm. like (laughs) you know that sort of depiction on TV you know it was so unreal it was definitely not not what high school was.
0: No, yeah. not at all. Because they were all like, what, 30-somethings playing true. high schoolers. So like, they, they're right. actually physically nothing like high schoolers. Right. But anyways, I was I was thinking about your comment, Jeffrey, and about being unicorns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have to like call out the elephant in the room, which is Kyla being the first person, female person of color to graduate from the University of Michigan with her PhD in computer science insane right.
2: isn't that crazy insane yeah.
0: yeah that we're still making history
1: still making right. history just 2012 and to my knowledge there hasn't been anyone after me
0: yeah i, I don't i th- we had that conversation with yeah. the re- one of the recruiters from michigan recently yeah. at the richard Tapia celebration for diversity and computing conference and he was like i don't think there. i think there might be one person in the program Right now, maybe. Right. So if you're listening, <laughs> call <Right>. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's really, truly insane. And so really is. What, what I appreciate. So we're, we're at the University of Florida. We're recording this in our College of Journalism and Communications uh, studio. And what's crazy about being at the University of Florida and in the computer science department here is I live in the land of Black Girl Magic in hmm. in the lab that I'm in, and it's truly remarkable. We I think we have twenty two percent, yeah, of, of, the nations. of the nation's Black female PhDs in our program alone. Right, and twenty two percent sounds amazing and wonderful and mm-hmm. great, but then that actual representation ends up being like a handful of people, like right. not double digit. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating it's it's incredible that across the country we don't have more than what 50 yeah like it's a really
1: low number it's really really low
0: yeah
2: but i think it speaks to the again so hammering home the importance of this podcast the importance of nc wit that's exactly why we're here having this conversation, right? Because it doesn't—it ha- didn't have to be that way, right? And there's nothing special about us. No, that have our, like
1: you know, for me, like I didn't have some. You know, we're talking to a group of high school students, and they had this sort of feeling, like, oh, if you go into computer science, that means you were raised differently, or you mm-hmm. know, you have this different thing about your upbringing. I had the most humble upbringing, you know, and I can go into that later, but you know, live—we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Like, I didn't—I wasn't always at the top of the class, like. I feel like I had so much, like, strife with everything. I figured out, okay, I can deal with adversity because, you know, there everything was a challenge. Everything was a challenge, but it's just about sticking to it. So, mm-hmm. as I said, there's nothing special about us. Like, yeah. if no one is there to show you the path, show you the way, encourage you that, hey, this I don't have to be the only one. You know, there is no secret sauce. Yeah.
0: And I think so... Uh, my degrees in civil engineering and it's equally as dire in civil engineering in terms of the representation of black women with PhDs or or just with degrees in civil engineering period yeah. um and I was fortunate enough after the craziness that was my doctoral degree to develop a relationship with your boss and he just felt like I would be a good fit in terms of like my my ability to manage projects, um, as a project manager, it makes a lot of sense to have someone who's actually good at that uh, at right. the helm of the ship. Mm-hmm. So I ended up kind of in the tech and computing space, and it feels really familiar because I, I went through a similar experience. And so being able to advise students about you know surviving, making it through, finding the resources that you need, whether that be through IMC at or any other resources around the country, you know, we're here. We have that expertise because we've gone through the fire. Right. And we survived. And you're thriving, right? You're right, five, we are PH? Thriving duck- and surviving. Yeah. With my edges. What? <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I think all of us in this room have edges. Yes, and mine are um, on life support, okay? I can
2: with you. I'm, I mean, they just are. I'm just going to be honest, right? Okay. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think, um, and I don't know if we're at the part where we're going to start talking about um, more in-depth experiences about, like, our journey in yeah, academia. Let's do it. Yeah, Yeah. Oh, Since definitely. we're talking about edges um, and life support. Um, so I... Graduated from University of Florida with my doctorate in sociology and and PhD concentration in women's studies in August of 2008, so 10 years ago, and immediately uh, ventured into my first tenure-track role at the University of North Florida Mm -hmm. and stayed there for 10 years and um, pretty much textbook- um, sort of examples of like, you know, poster child for diversity, right? Yeah. Uh, we all were. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> every I'm literally company. on a poster. <laughs> now, I was on the bus and in oh, the Jax airport. You fancy. Okay. Yeah, listen, you go to the Jax airport, there was like this, you know, eight foot life size you know picture of me like you can have it all right
0: i was on the Um, website i I wasn't cool just you know
2: all kinds of stuff was on every committee um got every award i could Mm -hmm. um you know dotted all the i's crossed the t super polite you know very respectable um you know not angry you (laughs) know never angry you can't be that angry black woman just kind of like perfectly together polished edges you know, outfit on point all the time. You know, never in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll help right. you. And found myself, you know, five, six into five or six years into the job, like literally dying. You know, mm-hmm. from exhaustion, and um, I ended up uh, getting married. Having a baby and getting divorced within like a 15 month period. Wow. And it was like hell. And then also had to go through like the process of, of getting tenure. Whoa. And I survived and all oh that my and did. it was dazzling and I looked great, you know. <laughs> um, but I just found myself increasingly like the more I felt like I jumped through a hoop, the higher the hoop got, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And no one bothered to say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like the response was, oh, you're, it's amazing that you're doing all this so well. And I got to a point where I just got so exhausted. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, eight months ago, I, well, actually, technically, um, five months ago, um, I left my university um walked away from tenure, which is something that you just don't do. It's unheard of. It is unheard of. Especially and I was at the point where I was going up for a full professor at, you know Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean I my research game was on point, just doing double and triple what you're supposed to do. Um
1: you say keep it.
2: <laughs> keep, yeah. I said, you know, I guys I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm good. You know, I I told my university um how bad they smell by writing an open letter about my experience as being the only person and that was great. Um, but I just decided that I was going to. I turned forty two years ago and decided to just like reevaluate everything in my life. Right? What? Wait a me second. Happy. Hold on.
0: Roll uh, it back. Roll skr- it back. Skr- <laughs> skr- skr- you are <laughs> what?
2: I will be forty two in a week. A- what? Yeah, yes, baby. Yes. 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 Just what? Now popping. Yeah. Talk mm-hmm. about unicorn. Like, hey. Yes. I- thank you. Thank I you. Don't cry, show don't. It, don't. it show don't. And when I said I was double the legal age, I, I did not believe you. I, didn't, I really didn't. Not with you. I'm not never playing. Oh my goodness. It's put me in the category with Sana and Gabrielle <laughs> and Nia. Okay. Their okay. younger sister. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I decided to just do something really crazy and just leave. Mm. And um, it's funny because the work that I do at NCWIT, is all research. I'm not teaching, but I feel like, I'm doing a lot of the same kind of stuff on the social science team, and I get a chance to get involved in really great opportunities like this. And so for me, I don't miss it. Um, I am actually writing a book about my experience sort of um, trying to have it all. And the title, I think the tentative title is something like, you know, balancing on a tightrope with your edges laid, literally like my journey through and exit from academia right so i'm gonna tell the story about that experience and how crazy that was yeah um and you know this notion of um we were talking earlier during lunch about uh black women's mental health and how important Mm -hmm. that is particularly if you're in academia yes um so thinking about taking good good care of ourselves because you know this notion of black girl magic it really is it's real right Um, it's 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 not a fallacy. It is real. Mm-hmm. But there is this expectation that we're going to just do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what people expect us to do, that it it comes to our detriment at some point. That's right, because
1: people think, oh, you're so strong, you can handle this, and then you just get more and more piled on to you. It's too much. And no one says, hey, can I take this off of your plate? They just say, oh, no, no. here's some more. You've handled this so well. Here's some more. Yes. Like I um, liken academia to a pie-eating contest where Uh. you win and the prize is more pie. Yes. (laughs) That's
2: so true. That's an excellent metaphor.
1: Just think about it. if you want. No, I'm with you. Yeah, it's a pie eating contest because the better you do, the more you get. Yes, the more responsibilities, the more everything that you get. And you're—is it a different flavor? At least Mm -mm. it's the same blueberry pie Mm -hmm. that you are tired of, Mm -hmm. with no seasoning.
2: Well, throwing it back (laughs) to the white boys, though. So that's the thing that's different, right? So (laughs) we're expected to do above and beyond what what we've been called to do, Mm right? Right? Over servicing yeah over mentoring yep over yep. mothering because right. you're nurturing you're mothering you're caring you're and mentoring, none of that is valued sh- none of it and none of it gets rewarded yeah. right none, none of, of it. it is valued
1: in the, in the academy yeah that's right and also like being so visible like students know hey i've never had a black professor i've never had a woman professor yes. they will gravitate towards yes. you so you'll get all this additional service yes. and you know you do it because it's at your heartstrings I'm, I'm like oh my gosh here are some you know young people that i can actually have an impact mm-hmm. on that at the same time, my colleague down the hall is does not have those same service requirements. So right. while a student is bawling their eyes out for 30 minutes, you know, when I'm comforting them. I don't mind it. But, you know, the fact that it's taking away from the same time I could be using for doing research like my colleague is. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have this invisible burden that people don't always see and it's not always counted. Well, mm-hmm. it's and, not
0: that they don't see it because they see it. They just choose not to recognize it. This is true. So there's a difference between seeing something and like acknowledging something. Mm. Yeah. Right. And I really feel like that's really what's missing is it's yeah. not something that's going to help you get tenure. It's not something that's going to help you promote. There's no way to really measure it. Right. So how how do they value it? And that's the argument that they'll use. But you know I'm doing it. Right. right. You know
1: I'm doing this. You you send people to me. Right. Because they come to your office and say, hey, you know, I need help. I need mentorship. And not just students.
0: Yeah. Right. They'll send people who are recently hired to you. Yep. They'll send people who are interested in working on projects, but it doesn't really fit their agenda. But mm-hmm. they feel like you can handle it for some reason, right. even though it's outside of your entire research story. So I there's so much.
1: Yeah. There's a lot to unpack
0: there. So I think that kind of lays the foundation for who we are, why we're here. We kind of talked about why this is really important. I think one of the major things that, you know, we should really that we should really highlight is just the lack of information out there, too. Right. So there's just not a lot of research on black women in computing and in STEM. It's a newly budding space that I think is starting to catch some some traction in the research area in particular within engineering education and cs education but i mean if you think about it the only representatives that most young people have for what a black computer scientist looks like is in a movie like we've got black panther yeah we had hidden figures and while those things are great You know, Shuri's Shuri's a boss. Yes, Shuri. (laughs) (laughs) But Shuri's a fictional character. Right. Right. And so this podcast can actually give people the voices of real human beings who are doing some incredible work. Yeah. And I know Kyla will talk about eventually what you do in 3D audio, which I still don't fully understand. (laughs) And we're going to have some people talking about intersectionality and you know being black being a woman we're going to have people who are talking more technically about like software and augmented and virtual reality robotics um all sorts of things
1: all sorts of all sorts of things you can do in computing with your degree
0: but we'll also talk about like who these people are and how they got to where they are today right so i'm really excited
1: i'm excited i think it's going
0: to bring some visibilities to some hidden but now modern figures, right? These people are here, they're doing the work, they're being recognized across the country for their contributions and... We just want to help make them more visible through our podcast, right?
2: And you know, I think this is a really perfect time for me to insert another NCWIT commercial okay, here. Um, you talked about um, people doing some wonderful, wonderful things in computing in the tech world um, all across the the nation. Um, NCWIT has a program called Aspirations mm-hmm. um, that is really about highlighting and acknowledging um, high school girls, collegiate women, educators. Uh, and recognizing them for all the fabulous things that they're doing um, in the world of computing. Um, And even though by the time we think this may air, the um, Aspiration Awards cycle will have ended, but um, don't worry, don't fear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We do this every year. So Mm -hmm. it's important uh, for us to let you know that um, we as an organization, we recognize the efforts of um, girls, um, and women and, and everything that they do, and that's that's really, really important. And I don't know if we should also talk about the fact that um, this is exciting because it's a pilot, yeah. and yeah. we want people to get so excited about this that <laughs> this becomes a permanent thing, Yes.
0: Right? Yeah, we, we really do. And I, I think also talking about research and the lack of information, right, like we want to leverage this as an opportunity to get data right? Yeah. Yeah. On, on how having something that makes sense <laughs> these people more visible impacts the lives of students across the country. Right. Because if you don't know something exists, then how in the world can you
1: aspire to be that or to do That's that?
2: So, so true. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You right. don't know what you don't know. Yeah.
1: So like speaking of just like research on um, you know, just people in computing, black women, like Jeremy, did you like know growing up, like what
0: made you want to be an engineer? <laughs> Um, so in seventh grade, first of all, um, I mentioned earlier that I came from like a predominantly white community. My, my family was not affluent. Like we weren't rich. Yeah. I wasn't Carlton Banks. No, we weren't, we weren't that level of affluent black. Yeah. Not all the way up there, but, um, I did go to like a really good high school. My mom is an attorney and my dad worked for AT&T for 30 years uh, before he retired. So I had an example of someone who was kind of in the tech space in my life from the beginning. But when I was in middle school, my parents started sending me to all these camps every (laughs) summer. And I was like, do y'all, you don't love me anymore? Like, what is it? I don't know. (laughs) But really it was my mom. She just wanted us to be exposed to everything. And so – I went to veterinary camp and I went to camp for violin and Christian <laughs> camp and yeah, to you know, art camp. So one of the camps that I ended up attending was at Wesleyan College in Macon, Georgia. And it was a, a STEM or science, technology, engineering, mathematics focused camp. Right. And we did biology and chemistry and physics and math in a in a summer camp. That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So we, we stayed overnight at that uh, institution, and it's an all-women's college. Uh, so, uh, ironic that it's kind of come full circle, but <laughs> um, we actually had the opportunity to tour Oak Ridge National Laboratory, oh, wow! which is a phenomenal institution. Uh, the national labs in our country are amazing. And if you ever have a chance to go visit, I would definitely encourage you to go. But they allow student groups to take tours of their facilities, and so one of the tours that I got to go on was to see a nuclear reactor facility. And I I had no concept, right, of what I was experiencing. I just knew it was really cool. And I'm standing in, like, this facility. I'm seeing, like, all of these chemicals, like, moving around. Like, there's, like, mercury in the wall, and it's measuring things. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> but the lady who was talking to us about the facility and what she did. She had a PhD in chemical engineering. Oh, wow. And she was a black woman. Yes. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I want to be her when I grow up. And literally, that was it. Wow. Right? Like, I had been doing all this math and sciencey stuff the entire time I was at that program. But the thing that really, truly inspired me to become an engineer... Was seeing that black woman doing her job. Yep. <laughs> That's all, like, we didn't have some deep conversation. Yep. We didn't even, I probably didn't even introduce myself because, you know, I'm, even though I'm a full extrovert today in my current form, I don't know what I would, I, w- I never mind. I was a really gregarious kid. I was <laughs> kind of in your face, but I never, I never thought that meeting someone would change the trajectory of my life the way that that did. Wow.
1: Well, and it goes back to what we were saying. Like, mm-hmm. if if you don't have exposure to different options, you have no idea that's a possibility yeah. for your life. And granted, I hate chemistry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't end up becoming a chemical engineer. But what it did was open the door to all the different types of engineering disciplines that were available to me, whether it's civil engineering, computer science and engineering, Computer engineering, which is different. And hopefully we'll talk about that in more detail. You know, industrial engineering. There's so much in engineering that you can do. And I wouldn't have known it had I not said when I got back home, like, mommy, I know what I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) And when I said, I want to get my Ph.D. in engineering. She said, "Okay," Instead of.
1: Girl, you crazy. Right. <laughs> right, because a lot of people have told me, like, you know, if their parents would be like, oh, engineering is hard. Right. Math is hard. Right. And they have no idea. Like, maybe math is hard for you, but you don't need to discourage kids from things that they have interest in. Right.
0: Instead, my mom was like, you can do anything. Yeah. And I'm going to help you do it. That's And, awesome. I mean, here I am. So it worked. But Yeah, I, my I story wish. was like yours, yeah. too.
1: Like, so when I was in high school again, trying to figure out how to turn into a, a white boy. <laughs> I had this teacher cuz like the whole time there were always, you know, these white male teachers who were teaching this white male computer science and then the year that I started Um, We had a brand new teacher, Mr. Ware, shout out, Mr. Randy Mm, Ware. And he was a young black guy. I think he had just got his master's in math, but his minor, I think, was in computer science. So he Mm. taught the computer math class, which was the class before um, AP computer science. And I was like, Mr. Ware is cool. He would come in, like we would have a little warm up. He would talk to us about whatever, like, you know, might be a basketball game, whatever, like was on an award show. Like he was cool. Real life. Real life. And then be like, all right. Did did you do your assignment though? You know. <laughs> so, you know, he didn't he wasn't easy on us, but you know, he was just a representation that I didn't have to change myself yeah. to be a computer scientist. Like until then I didn't know any black person who was in computer mm. science. And just, you know, having that constant daily reassurance from him that, you know, this is w- this is what you can do. This is an option. Also, I was the worst computer scientist. <laughs> like, he, we had these little, I think what? we used, like, Microsoft Studio, Visual Studio or something. Uh-huh. And, like, I was like, can I please take home the little disk to install this at home? Because I need to practice. Uh-huh. Like, you know, these 40 minutes in class are cool, but I'm mm-hmm. struggling. <laughs> Girl. So, you know, he let me out, out. Never mind. But yeah, I practiced <laughs> at home, you know, because I wasn't even good at it. But it was just something that I was like,
0: I can figure this out. You know, Mr. Weir is doing it. So. so what? what's funny about you saying that is I think people a lot of times think, oh, I'm just going to I'm going to work or do the things that I'm good at. Right. Right. And that's just not true. It does not work like it that. doesn't work like that. But then also, like, what are you passionate about? Right. Because if you're passionate about something, it doesn't matter how good you are initially. Right. You'll work at it. And you will figure it out. And you'll become the best. That's right. At it. If it's something you're truly passionate about. And so I tell people all the time, yeah, engineering is hard. But so is life in general, right? Life is hard. And we can't keep telling children math and science are hard. Right. When in reality existing as an adult adulting is hard people
1: and then it's further compounded by hearing something's hard and then the first time you're exposed to it if you have some sort of trial or tribulation it's compounded by the effect that oh yeah people who look like me don't do this anyway this is just my affirmation I don't belong here which
0: could not be further from the truth. It's not because a lot of them don't know what they're doing for real. They don't
1: like even people that are doing it don't know what they're doing sometimes and I remember like for me like my first grade in college on a computer science test was a grade close to my age. (laughs)
0: so what? Um, wow okay. listen and you were a teenager yeah I was a okay. teenager yeah mm-hmm. okay
2: but and I th- went
1: to college early so how about that that was an even lower number so okay <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: well I think you both are talking about the importance of having a growth mindset yeah right mm-hmm. I mean that's something that we talk about a lot in our NCWIT resources right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this idea of you know not being in that fixed state of mind that oh gosh I can't really do this or this is too hard or right. I haven't seen anyone else who looks like me doing this. Mm-hmm. I think just constantly being in that sort of mindset that you can do it, right? right? Empowering yourself, that even a little self-talk and then having people around you encouraging that growth mindset is really, really important. I think that's probably that and encouragement are probably two of the most important factors in advancing and sort of that's broadening right. this participation of, of um, women and girls of color mm-hmm. in computing. yeah. Is, is knowing that. And then the other thing that you talked about was so important. We're just all regular people. Right. Right? We were, what were we talking about? We were talking about, um, we were rapping earlier. I mean, <laughs> right. we, we don't want oh, to we, we, do that. Well, unless yeah. we they ain't ready. To. They ain't ready. Okay, next time. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, next time. Um, what? It's just <laughs> But just the fact that, you know, you have a PhD in computing. Jeremy's PhD is in engineering, civil engineering. Mine's in sociology and we still know When to cut it and to be ratchet and to
0: cut it. Stop. No, we're not doing this. (laughs) I already told y'all I'm not hood enough, so I won't be doing that. But you know
2: the words, Jeremy. (laughs) That's fine. I mean, that's the whole point. We're regular people. Right. And not feeling like you have to turn into a white boy. You can be all black girl, Mm -hmm. whatever, with your hair changing. Being your whole self. Your whole self, all your earrings, yeah, all my hair right? is gonna be ne-
0: different the next time we do this. Clearly, I'm saying, not. Today, crochets are right coming next. They coming,
2: <laughs> so I mean, mm-hmm. but being okay with all of that and recognizing that none of that has to change, yeah, right. or even if that's not even you as a black girl, mm-hmm. right? That that's okay too, right? But that right. you don't have to sing Young Dolph and all that stuff, and and Young and Young Dolph and, really cut it. Ot Genesis, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh okay. I'm 42 but inside I'm 22. Okay. Um I'm You're just saying, so saying. Just saying, mm. right? I mean, I think that's a really important I told you earlier message. her wedding was awesome, right? Oh yeah. yeah Best yeah. time ever. So we had fun.
0: <laughs> anyway, so Yeah. <laughs> I think we're we're wrapping up and I just wanted to kind of point us back to how you guys subscribe and find us, right? Yeah. So, so So you can visit
1: our website modernfigurespodcast.com and we'll also have a space for you to uh, answer our contest so you can get some swag, you can subscribe to the podcast we want you to listen to an episode listen to this episode, tell us what you think about it, be honest, tell us exactly what you think and then let us know you can send us an email to production at modernfigurespodcast.com and let us know how you felt about today's show, if there's anything you'd like to hear, uh, just tell us all of that and also email us any questions that you might have you know anything that's burning desires topics things like that
0: yeah and you can follow us on social media at least you can follow me I don't know about the rest of y'all but I'm at Jeremy (laughs) I'm at Jeremy Waysom on Twitter that's how you find me or a girl named Jeremy on Instagram I believe on Twitter I am at dr underscore Kyla that's Dr. Kyla. Mm, Dr. Kyla. Yeah, the
1: underscore's there because there's another Dr. Kyla. She's a vet. She went to vet
2: camp, I guess. And then mm. that really touched her heart. But anyways, I'm
0: the other Dr. <laughs> Kyla on there
2: with the underscore in the middle. Mm. Um, so I haven't been on Twitter since like twenty fourteen. However, Wit is at Wit on Twitter. And I believe I'm at Jeffrey W. But look for NC Wit first and then I'll next right. episode. Have my stuff together.
0: Yeah. And for the you next can, time. You can also follow IMCS at IAAMCS. That's right. On Twitter. Whoop, whoop. Okay, great. Whip, so whip. That's, that's the end of today's episode. Thanks for joining us,
2: y'all. Bye. Bye.
0: Really? <laughs> you started it. I don't need an echo. <laughs> <laughs> We're
2: going to spit them up next time. Next time we split up.
0: <laughs>